But uh, for now, let's take our Bibles and get into the Word of the Lord for a little bit here before baptism and uh, the parade. Exodus chapter 20, if you turn there, Exodus chapter number 20. Exodus chapter number 20. Again, those that are in the parade, you don't have to miss the service. You don't have to leave because uh, we're usually way in the back and you sit on the float and you melt for an hour before we even move. So don't worry about that. We got the float down there, the golf cart's down there, we're in line. I don't know where we are, but uh, we're usually bringing up the back. Okay. Exodus chapter 20, one of the most famous texts in all of uh, Scripture, the Ten Commandments. We're not going to go through the Ten Commandments today. But uh, they are... uh, that uh, thou shalt have no other gods before me, that's number one. Don't make any graven images, that's number two, that's found in verse number four. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, that's verse number seven. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, that's in verse number eight. The fifth commandment is verse 12, honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Number six, thou shalt not kill. Number seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. Number eight, thou shalt not steal. Number nine, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. That means don't lie. And then thou thou shalt not covet uh, is number ten. That's ten commandments. There's over 600 in the Old Testament. But these were the only ones God ever spoke to a congregation audibly. Uh, at the mountain. And after he did this, <laughs> the congregation changed their mind in a hurry. And they said, uh, you know, from now on, let Moses speak to us, but don't you speak to us. And uh, humanly speaking, we should be glad we have preachers because you wouldn't want God speaking to you out loud. Uh, we couldn't handle that. Uh, we just couldn't handle that. So, But the fifth one's unique. It says, honor thy father and mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Later in the Bible, it tells us that that is the first commandment God ever gave with a promise attached to it. And I want you to notice the statement there that thy days may be long, and I want to speak today on the subject of how to have a long life. How to have a long life. As you go through the Bible, God gives us seven ways that we can have a long life. Now, God is a God who cannot lie, And uh, these should uh, be paid attention to. Perhaps on the back of your uh, bulletin, you could write these seven things down here. And uh, because they start very early in life, it would be good to be educated about these very early in life. And one of them is honor your father and mother. Now, the children are downstairs right now. And uh, the little ones, but if you are a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa, you should educate. Uh, your children about honoring their father and their mother that their life may be long in the land which the Lord thy God has given thee. Now, I understand there's, there's exceptions, you know. Some very, very good people have died at a young age. And uh, it kind of puzzles. Of course, the Lord Jesus died when he was about 33. John the Baptist died when he was about 31 or 32. James was killed with a sword as he was a young man. And uh, then others in history, David Brainerd, the great missionary to the northeastern part of America, 
back in the 1700s, 1800s. He was 29 years of age, and uh, Philip Bliss died at 38. So there's, there's times where very good men, very good women have died very early in life. And so what I'm doing today is I'm speaking to you in generalities. In generalities, God has said, listen, I want to give you ways that will guarantee you a long life. Now, what is a long life? A long life is 70 years, 70 to 80 years. It says in Psalm chapter 90 and verse 10, the days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. The Bible says three score and ten, that means 70, and sometimes by reason of strength, people lived to be about 80. Now this was written by Moses. This was written 1,500 years before Christ. We are now 2,000 years after Christ. Now you add those two together, 2,000 plus 1,500 That means 3,500 years ago, Moses said that man's lifespan would be between 70 and 80 years of age. Now, if you go home and Google the lifespan of the world, not America, but the world, Google will say the last time I checked it, 72.2 years is the average lifespan of a person on this world, the entire planet. Well, God said that 3,500 years ago. See, the Bible is accurate. That's what we call scientific accuracy. And uh, it's never changed. Uh, Now, America's up a little higher, 76, 77 years of age in our country, depending on your man or woman. And, you know, with all of the medicine and all of the, uh, the, the medical breakthroughs and everything, it's not increasing, uh, no matter what people say. In fact, over the last few years, it's just slightly dis- decreased a little bit in our country. And so a long life is about 70 years or about 80 years of age. And the Bible says, number one, that if we honor our fathers and mothers, we will live a long life on the earth. That's a promise of God to mankind in general. And so teach your children this subject of longevity begins very early in life. And you may have just better kids if you teach them what the Word of God says. Kind of hold it over them, you know. Look, kid. Uh, No, you don't have to do that, but you might want to teach them. Look, do you want to live a long time? Do you want to live a long time? Have you ever... Watched the history of rebels, the lifespan of rebels. Have you ever have you ever watched what happens to some of them? I want to encourage you to keep your eyes open for that. Children, it says in Colossians three and verse twenty and twenty four. It says, "Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well pleasing unto the Lord, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of inheritance." For you serve the Lord Christ. So there's two promises you can teach your children. Number one, God will give you a long life if you honor your father and your mother. 
And then number two, in the next life, God will give you the reward of inheritance, the children's reward. And sometimes that will help children through some very difficult times because not all homes are that great. And sometimes children struggle with it, but if they have some incentive, and God is a God of incentives in the Bible, if children have some incentives and say, look, kids, you know, by the time you're 18, whatever, 19, 20, you'll probably be out of the house. But until then, honor your mother and father, even if it's difficult. And promise number one is that you'll have a long life in this life. And promise number two is that the Lord will give you the reward of inheritance in the next life. Well, what is that? I have no idea. Uh, but God said it, and it's true. There's some kind of a reward of inheritance for children who obey their parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Number two, love God's Word. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 11, and I want you to notice an interesting take here on longevity and your relationship with the Bible. In Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse number 18, it says this, Therefore shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul, and bind them for a sign upon your hand, that they may be as frontlets between your eyes like horses have. And you shall teach them your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house, and that when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of thine house and upon thy gates. Or you might want to get some scriptures and post them in your house on the walls so they can be read. Here's the promise, verse 21, that your days may be multiplied and the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. Now, I want you to notice longevity here is mentioned in verse 21, that your days may be multiplied. So the Lord says here, get into the Word of God. Talk about the Word of God in your home. Talk about it when you're in the house. Talk about it when you're walking around in the way. And just before you go to bed, talk about the Word of the Lord. Honor the Bible. Honor the Scriptures in your life and in your home, that your days may be multiplied. I know, uh, I remember we had a, a man in our church when we started, back in 83, 84, you know, Brother Dave Malucci, Barb's here, his, his sister. Uh, and I remember he made a vow. He made a vow to God that he was going to read the Bible every single day of his life. Have you ever watched his family? Uh, this was back in the 80s. He had eight children. They all loved the Lord. Uh, a bunch of them are in the ministry now. One's a missionary in Bulgaria, and another one's a assistant pastor out in Oregon. And the others love the Lord. And then I don't know how many grandchildren he has, uh, 32 grandchildren. And I know at least three of them are in Bible college right now. And, uh, you know, Dave's older than I am. He's lived a good long life because he's honored the Word of God and he's got to go to bed every day with some satisfaction in his heart of the way his children and his grandchildren have turned out because he's honored the word of the Lord. The Bible is the word of God. 
And, and maybe, maybe you've been ignoring the Bible up till this day in your life. That's all right. That's why we come to church is learn things. But I want to encourage you to get a copy of the Scriptures. We've got some over here. I'll give you one for free. And you can start getting into the Word of the Lord. And uh, it'll bless you and it'll help uh, with a long, blessed life. Number three is obedience. Obedience. There's a very simple verse in 1 Kings 3 and verse 14, which says this, And if thou wilt walk in my ways and keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. That's called obedience. Obedience. One of the ways we manifest love is by obedience. Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. That's one of the ways we manifest our love to the Lord is by obedience to the commandments of the Lord. But with that is attached to it here in this scripture, a long life. Then will I lengthen thy days. Now, some of the things God asks us to do in the Bible are hard, but he can give us the grace to do them. And he can give us the help of his Holy Spirit to do them. And so when God shows you and me what to do according to the Scriptures, obey Him. Number four is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. In Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 27, we see longevity promised to those who fear God. So number one, children, honor your father and mother. Uh, and uh, that will lead to a long life. Number two, love God's Word. Talk about it all day long. Put it on the walls of your house. Pay attention to it. Read it. Number three, obedience. When you read what it says, He'll lengthen your days if you obey Him. And number four, the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Proverbs chapter number 10 and verse 27. It says, the fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. I did a study one time on the history of rock and roll musicians. Boy, if you want to study a history of people's lives who have been shortened, uh, study the lives of rock and roll musicians. I grew up in the 60s. I was born in 57. Grew up in the 60s and the 70s, and that was just it, man. It was just like they were the gods of our world back then. That's who that generation worshipped, was those rock and roll musicians. But boy, I'll tell you what, you would not believe the tragic lives that they led and how many of their lives were cut short. And I'm sorry, maybe I shouldn't do this, but I can't read this verse without thinking that. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. And, and so many of their messages were wicked, and they were about rebellion and pride and stubbornness and revolution and disobedience and, and tearing down uh, the... Uh, uh, the uh, landmarks that, that made our country great and tearing down parents and tearing down authority and and it, it was just it, it was it was just something that I, I, I believe our country is still reaping the results 
of that as high as government now. And some of those who are in government and on the Supreme Court and everything were, uh, I believe their, their thinking was transformed by those uh, songs and the messages that were in those songs. And so many of those messages in the songs were totally contrary to the Word of God. Totally contrary. But the fear of the Lord prolongeth days. Now that's just common sense. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days. When you fear the Lord, and as we said earlier, love the Lord and obey Him and fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord, the word fear is a very, very broad word in the Scriptures. It goes from the simplicity of reverential trust. You know, I fear this person I, I, I respect them so much because of the office they hold. Maybe a person's a president or governor or, or whatever they might be. Respect all the way up to dread. Dread. And everywhere in between, that's the definition of the word fear. One time Jacob came to Bethel. And he had a confrontation with God there. And he said, how dreadful is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And so there's sometimes where, where the thought of God and his holiness is dreadful to us. The other times his love causes us just to respect him and honor him. And we wouldn't dare use his name in vain or lightly. But we approach him even when we pray in reverence and respect. That's all the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days. The Bible says a long life. Now, for instance, the fear of the Lord will affect your behavior. There's a lot of behaviors that people get involved in in this world that shorten their lives, that show that they have no fear of God. And a lot of habits they can get into, a lot of addictions they can get into, or behaviors, lifestyles. Man, back in 2015, the uh, uh, CDC, you can look this up, cdc.com. It's so easy to go to and then go to STDs, which are the diseases that are transmitted sexually. And we're, we're seeing an explosion of that again. But back in 2015, our country set an all-time record, 2.1 million brand new cases of people who'd never had an STD in their life had one. The next year, incrementally, 2016, 2.2 million. The next year, 2.3. We just keep setting records for people who are contracting these diseases not by the fear of God and the obedience to His Word, but because of lifestyles contrary to the Word of God, and contrary to what God says. But the God-fearing man and the God-fearing woman, we, we may struggle in those areas, and I know the flesh is weak. That's true for men and women. I understand it. But we struggle forward and we obey the Lord and we're able to avoid a lot of those STDs and some of them are incurable still. And some of them are like a death sentence. They're fatal. There's, they can prolong you with some cocktails of medicine for a while. But your life is usually shortened somewhat by behavior. So do you understand this morning how the fear of the Lord, because of the fear of the Lord, 
personally, I abstain from alcohol. I abstain from uh, drugs. I abstain from nicotine. I abstain from fornication. I abstain from adultery and, and those things, not because I'm Mr. Goody Goody Two Shoes, but because I fear the Lord. I fear the Lord. And he's, he, he tells us the consequences. They that sow to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. And uh, so if you're thinking, boy, I'd like to live a long, quality life and serve God all my days, we need to fear the Lord. Number five, by bearing fruit for God. Not just the things we don't do can keep us alive for a long time, but the things we do. In Luke chapter 13, Jesus told a parable, beginning at verse number six, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, And he came and sought fruit thereon, but found none. Then said he unto the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he, the farmer, answering, said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it, or fertilize it, And if it bear fruit well, and if not, then after that, thou shalt cut it down. You know, bearing fruit is one way to keep yourself alive. (laughs) Bearing fruit for the Lord. Trying to win other people to Christ. Trying to be a witness for Jesus. That's a good way to help. You know, I think God in heaven says, I think I'll let this person stay there. Uh, They're trying to influence others. They're trying to tell people the story of my dear son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross so they can be saved. And uh, I think I'll just leave that tree there. It's bearing some fruit for the Lord. And I want to encourage you to bear fruit for the Lord. And God, uh, you know, I, I think I said this just Wednesday night maybe, but I think I've done funerals for people who didn't bear any fruit for the Lord. And they seemed to die before their time. But at the funeral, people came and heard the gospel. And it was the only use of that person's life ever to bring people under the sound of the gospel over for have, have them to die. I think I've seen that. And um, I, I think I've seen God take people to heaven before their time. There is such a thing. Uh, in fact, um, I get off script here a little bit, but uh, let me read you this verse. This is kind of scary here. Ecclesiastes seven seventeen says, Be not overmuch wicked, neither be thou foolish. Why shouldest thou die before thy time? You know, when people die, someone always glibly says, oh, it was just their time. No, not necessarily. Some people die before their time. I remember a a dear young man over in our town. I tell this story. It's an example, but it's sad. But he and his buddies were going from bar to bar, bar hopping on a pickup truck. And uh, they became inebriated, and they were going bar to bar, and they pulled into a bar, and he was on the back of the pickup truck. And as they were coming into the parking lot, slowing down, he jumped off the pickup truck too soon. 
His legs couldn't catch up with him, and he fell headfirst into one of those concrete parking abutments and killed himself instantly. Now, please do not tell me that was God's will for his life. The Bible says, Be not overmuch wicked, neither be thou foolish. Why shouldest thou die before your time? Don't be foolish. You know, don't stand on the end of the Grand Canyon because you're trying to impress somebody uh, about how brave you are. Uh, Don't be foolish. Don't do foolish things. Don't do foolish things. Don't let your kids do foolish things. Uh, Longevity is for the God-fearing and those that bear fruit. And here's one in 1 Peter 3, verses 9 through 12. Here's something you can do to keep yourself alive for a long time. Number six, be nice to people. Be nice to people. But pastor, everyone's nasty these days. Not everybody. They're out there, though, and they seem to be swelling their numbers. It's a tough world. I understand that. It's a selfish world, a self-centered world. The Bible says it would be like that in the last days. But we don't have to be that way. Peter says here in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrariwise, blessing, knowing that you are thereunto called, that you should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Notice that, for he that will love life and see good days. And it talks about the verse before and after about being nice to people. Not railing for railing. Oh, you're going to be nasty with me? Okay, you want to go there, huh? I can be that way too. Not as a Christian. Not as a Christian. You know, I remember times in my life, I don't know, I was a bad kid. I don't remember why I was bad, but I was just always being punished. And uh, But I can remember we'd be at picnics or something. I don't know what I did, but my dad would grab me by my arm and he would sit me down next to him and he'd say, now stay there. Because that was the only way he could get me to quit embarrassing him by whatever I was doing was to yank me out and make me sit there for a while. He gave me some discipline, straightened me out. So, And I'm glad I had a dad like that. But you know, I think there's sometimes God reaches down to heaven, out of heaven, and grabs somebody from the earth and says, you're not going to embarrass me anymore. And he yanks them out of this earth and sits them down in heaven and says, you sit there now. They're saved, but they're not behaving very well. And he says, you're not going to embarrass my name. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. For his, see, that's why God leads us to do, be righteous, because for his namesake, to be a good testimony of our God. And those who misbehave and continue to misbehave and and, and profess to be believers in Christ, Christians, sometimes God will yank them out like my dad used to and say, you sit here, all right? You're not going to drag my name through the mud anymore down there on earth. And I, I, I think I've done funerals for people like that where God said no more, no more misbehavior. You're coming to heaven. I saved you years ago. You haven't changed. You're coming to heaven now. You're going to obey me here. His will is done in earth, in heaven, and we wish it was in earth. Well, 
Honoring your father and mother, obedience to the word of God, or love for the word of God, obedience to the word of God, the fear of the Lord, bearing fruit, being nice to people, being a good testimony. And then let me say this last in closing, for a real long life, is salvation. Salvation. Boy, you want to live a real long life, make sure you're saved. You can't go to heaven without salvation. You've got to have salvation. You've got to know what it means. You've got to apply it by faith to yourself by receiving Christ as your Savior. Salvation is where we get the word Savior from. And there's only one Savior. And it's not any church. It's not the Baptist church. It's not any religion. It's not any creed. It's not any long efforts of good works. It's a person. We're the sinner. He's the Savior. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can't have salvation without Him. That's how you get a real long life, is by being saved. In fact, Jesus one time told a lady named Martha, uh, he said to her in uh, John chapter 11, and I'll close with this, I am the resurrection and the life. He, or she, He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And then he asked her a three-word question. Believest thou this? And he asks you that question this morning. Do you believe Jesus' word? Do you believe he spoke the truth? Do you believe he's the resurrection and the life? And do you believe that a sinner, though he's dead in sin, that believes in Christ will never die? You know, your body will die, but your spirit and your soul whip off to heaven. For to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, the scriptures say. You never really die. Your body dies, but your spirit and soul never die. They fling off to heaven to be with him forever. Believest thou this? Now listen to what Martha said, she saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. She believed. She was confronted with the gospel, and she did something about it. She didn't say, let me think about it. There's nothing to think about. Not a thing to think about. If you thought for the whole next week, All you need to know is, hey, I'm a sinner, I need a Savior. That's all you need. That's all the theology you need to know to get saved and receive eternal life. I'm a sinner, He's a Savior. He's the Savior. Lord Jesus, please save me. Forget about church, religion, good works, all those efforts. No, they can't save you. Jesus died on the cross for you, was buried and rose again, shed His blood to wash away all of your sins. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And we pray now, Lord, for your blessing on the rest of the service, the invitation here and the baptisms and the parade. 
But Lord, help us as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. There's a wonderful life for us that God has laid out for us in His Word. He wants us to live a long life, an enjoyable life. But ultimately it ends 70, 80 years old, somewhere around there, and then comes eternity. But even with that, He took care of that by offering us salvation and eternal life. And if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ this morning and receive Him as your Savior, He will come into your heart He'll come into your life and He'll never leave you. And then when you die and go to heaven, you will be among the redeemed. And all of your sins that have separated you from God and me from God are washed away by the power of the blood of God's Son, Jesus Christ, when He died on the cross for us. And then He was buried and then He rose from the grave. In the quietness of this moment, if you need Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want to encourage you to ask the Lord to save you. For there's a promise that says in the Bible, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life, longevity. You're a whosoever that Christ died for. So believe in Him and receive Him. And you can do that right now where you're sitting. Not out loud, but from your heart. Call on the Lord Jesus and ask Him to save you today. And if you'll do that, then right where you're sitting, would you just pray, not out loud, but to God and mean it and Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into my heart and save me from all my sins. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you for dying upon a cross in my place with all of my sins upon you for shedding your blood to wash away those sins for rising from the dead and you're alive forevermore I believe in you forgive me Lord Jesus have mercy on me cleanse me and please save my soul If that's the prayer of your heart this morning, you just now prayed and received Jesus as your Savior. God knows your heart if you are serious. But I wonder if you could just raise your hand. No one else is looking around, but just raise your hand up and say, God knows my heart today. I've asked the Lord Jesus to save me. Yes, yes. Is there anyone else? God bless you. All right, you too. Anyone else? Just... Put your hand up real quick. Take it down. God knows my heart. I've asked Jesus to be my Savior today. Father, bless now our our, our time as we dismiss here momentarily, Lord, but just bless even this song to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's turn to page number 535 in your hymn books. Uh, Pastor Seth is going to come and lead this song, maybe another if we need it. There's room at the cross for you. Think about that now. 
that says the song, though millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. Let's stand together, 535.